Hello and welcome to and let's be heard for Wednesday, September 7th, 2022. I'm Mike Gachopoli. All right, let's sing. It's a celebration. Do, 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 do. Woohoo. It's a celebration. Celebrate good times. Come on. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 celebrate good, I'm singing it because I don't have the money to spend on the, uh, the ASCAP BMI fee to play music. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be playing music. I was thinking about actually starting my 200th podcast celebration. It's my 200th podcast. I was going to start with a, like a theme song, um, uh, listener Daniel, who just came on right now, sent me a theme song to play and i'm trying to figure out if i'm allowed to play it to start the show i was thinking maybe i'll start i'll start this theme song with a 200 show but i'm not allowed i don't know if i'm allowed to play a theme song i'm not quite sure i i think i could play a theme song from like a, a like a a song from like 1910 that's in the public domain now but i'm not sure if i can play anything like post 19 like 70 1960 I, I don't know i have to f- figure it out they say it's better to ask forgiveness than permission, but these days, I don't know. People get canceled pretty easily for nothing, so I don't know. Maybe I can. Maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe they don't care about podcasts, right? If I was like Joe Rogan, and I wasn't paying, they'd probably give me shit. But uh, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll check it out. But I would like to think maybe I should have. Maybe I should make this democratic, like go moving forward to the 200th, 201, 202 podcast, moving forward into our 200 podcast uh, section. Maybe I should start, you know, doing a theme song. Some, something with a bang, something that gets me riled up because I'm not, never riled up enough at the beginning of a show. Um, and maybe I can have people send me ideas. I like the one Daniel sent in. Was it Rush? But um, maybe I should have other people send some in and we'll do like maybe a contest, do a poll, maybe the, top three or four and someone can decide and maybe someone out there who has legal knowledge can tell me if I'm allowed to play this stuff technically if I'm allowed to play it I don't know I don't know rules are meant to be broken right masks are meant to be taken off vaccine needles are meant to be bent and thrown away so who knows okay it is my 200th podcast celebration it really is it's my 200th podcast celebration and we're gonna have on jugglers we're going to have on comedians and we're going to have on clowns. No, no, not really. We'll just, we'll, we'll talk about Biden, Newsom and Trudeau. Same thing, right? Um, the usual, the usual suspects. But you know, let me tell you something. This is a big moment. I don't want to toot my own horn, toot, but the 200 podcasts is a lot. 200 podcasts. Most people out there do the podcast never get to it. You know, never get to it. Um, unless you have a contract like Rogan and then you have to do it because you're making a lot of money. But most people never get there to 200 because it's a lot of work. It really is. It's a lot of work to put into it, especially now, you know, starting this, when did I start this? Back in November of last year, I do it five nights a week. So I got 200 pretty quickly. Most people take some three, four years to get there because they do it maybe once or twice a week. But uh, it's a lot of work and uh, it's a crowded field. You know, starting a podcast in 2021, it's a very crowded field. If I was smart, which I'm not, I would have started this 10 years ago, 12 years ago. It would have been a much smaller field. And I'd probably be at like 200 
Oh, I'd be about 5,000 by now. So, um, but it's a lot of work, and it's 200 now. I think at the big moment, we celebrated 100 a little bit, but this is 200 now. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it's been a great growing opportunity. And I started on just doing it on uh, Spotify, just recording it, you know, recording it. No, no live, no call-ins. Had guests here and there. And then a few months ago, I, I, I discovered call-in thanks to Glenn Greenwald, who advertised his show, which he does here from time to time. And uh, it's been great because we can do it live. People, then people also listen to the replay. We get callers. So it's fun. It's, it's been fun. It's, it's slowly building. But my, my, my thought going into this process, starting a podcast in 2021, was that it would take maybe at least 200, at least this point, to even start to get some kind of a following. And maybe it's more like, you know, 300. Because it's a, it's, a, it's, it's a very crowded field. Like I said, if I started this 10 years ago by my 100th podcast, I probably would have had a lot, a lot, a lot of listeners. You know, um, but you know, I know people have started podcasts 10 years ago. And even by 200, they didn't have that many listeners yet. They had to keep going. And as I said in yesterday's show, I want to credit Tom Woods, who does a great podcast. Look him up, Tom Woods, Libertarian. Um, very smart guy, very well-educated guy. And he started a podcast about seven or eight years ago, and he's up to past 2,000 now. I was actually at his 2,000th podcast celebration back in October uh, in Florida, and uh, it was a lot of fun. That gave me the idea, you know, to start uh, to start my own uh, podcast. And what we talk about here, I like to say it's the free and open exchange of ideas and opinions, and it really is. Anyone can call in and talk about anything they want. Anything, anyone can call in and talk about anything they want. You don't have to talk about what I'm talking about. You don't have to agree with me. You don't have to be respectful. I don't believe in that. I believe it's this is like a free speech. You know what? I, I know it's a weird thing to talk about free speech. I don't like that. I, I don't, you know, talking about free speech, I know it's very odd. You don't hear that very often these days. You know, we're at a time on Twitter where we get blocked. You know, you disagree with someone and you get blocked. And then they say, well, no, you, I, I blocked you because you did an ad hominem, ad hominem, ad hominem, this new thing, ad hominem attack, whatever that really means. But an ad hominem attack to the left these days means pretty much just disagree with them, disagreeing with them strongly. You can't disagree. You might get away with disagreeing with them. If you say, please, very please, I'm sorry, I'm disagreeing, I, I might be wrong, you might be right, then it's okay. But if you strongly disagree, if you have confidence in how idiotic they are, then you get blocked. Um, but I grew up in talk radio, you see. And I talked about this on podcast one, and I want to talk about it again, that I grew up in talk radio. I got into talk radio when I was uh, in my teens in, in, in uh, school. And I got into talk radio in college. And I got into talk radio at 18 years old in New York at the biggest the WABC, the biggest talk radio station in New York, therefore the country. And, um, and uh, so at a very young age, I was used to people calling and, and, and incredible disagreements. I mean, screaming, shouting matches on air between hosts and hosts and callers. And it was a normal thing and hosts and guests and plenty of ad hominem attacks thrown back and forth. And the only thing it got us was high ratings. I mean, incredibly high ratings through the roof ratings that talk radio has never seen since because there was a time when people enjoyed that they enjoyed calling in and disagreeing 
uh, people who uh, guests enjoyed calling in and disagreeing. People enjoyed listening to people disagreeing. And that's all pretty much gone now. I think that's one of the reasons why the ratings in talk radio and the ratings for that kind of a banter are down because people don't want to hear people disagreeing anymore. All they want to hear is, and this started, I believe, with that terrible, well, Sirius XM at least had some fairness to it and that they have a lot of conservative and liberal channel, right? But that's also boring. A conservative channel, it should be a conservative versus liberal channel, right? Uh, but I think it really started with that Air America, that horrible Rachel Maddow-led garbage where it's just one point of view. You know, it's one point of view. You know, we had a, 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 a mostly conservative station at the BBC in my time in the 90s. It wasn't like, I'm not saying it was 50-50. But the thing is, is that people who, it wasn't only people who, who, who agreed that listen. You see, that's why the ratings were high. When just people who agree watch, like let's say CNN, MSNBC, your ratings aren't going to be high because you're limiting half the country. Our ratings were so high because you had people, you know, people to love to hate, right? Like, you know, like how, how Stern was on the station. But like how Stern, right? Love to hate. I'm going to listen if I love him. I'm going to listen if I hate him. I'm going to listen because I love him. I'm going to listen because I hate him. And that is what got ratings so high. And we did have a couple of liberals. We had one very very, very important, very um, strong, powerful liberal on the station. Her name was uh, Lynn Samuels, and she was a total, like, hippie leftist on a mostly conservative station. She got great and fantastic ratings with incredible callers because people wanted that, right? And that was a great thing to have, someone who was, like, really left on a, on a I'd say, center-right station, which you don't even get anymore. They don't even do the token anymore. Right? Is there a token Republican on MSNBC? Is there a conservative MSNBC? No, of course not. Not at all. Not even close. There's not even close to someone who would be on Fox on MSNBC. I, I, don't, I don't see it. And I have to, you know, same thing with, I, I watch enough Fox to know I don't see many, I don't see any left-wingers. I don't see any MSNBC-type hosts on Fox either. They'll have guests They'll have like, uh, you know, people come in and out from time to time. But I think it's so important. We got away from that. And I, I don't I don't know what it is. I don't know why people can't stand real discourse anymore. And I hope to bring that to this podcast at some point. Um, once again, I'm open to it. It's just that people have to get into that again. The whole idea of disagreeing and that that's actually exciting and that that's actually uh, uh, interesting. Because that, I think, has gone missing. CNN, in this early incarnation, had something called crossfire, right? From the left, from the right. To the rest is James Carville. From the right, it's Newt Gingrich. And that was a fantastic show. One of the high, it was one of the highest rating shows ever. And it's been gone for a long time now. Now you say, why? Why would they get rid of something like that? There are a bunch of reasons that the people running these stations want their own ideology only, right? They've decided that their ideology and having people who agree with their ideology, one side or the other, and that's it, is what works. It doesn't. If you look at the ratings, that's not what works. That's not what works. So they got rid of shows like Crossfire, and they put on people like Brian Stelter and Anderson Cooper and Don Limon and those people and Chris Cuomo, and they all agree on the same thing. It's all one-sided, and CNN's ratings tanked. They tanked.
MSNBC does that. They're even more left-wing. Their hosts are a little bit more interesting, so they got slightly higher ratings. But still not good. Now, Fox does very well being mostly one way because they're the only station you can go to if you're a conservative. Unlike the left that has CNN and MSNBC and uh, PBS and, uh, and, you know, and, and NPR and ABC and, C- and everything, the left, the right only really has for television purposes. They have right wing talk radio and podcasts, but they, they only have Fox. So that's why Fox cornered the market. If I started another station on Newsmax, it's a little bit OK. But if I if I had the money to put into starting a station like Fox, that could be on, you know, the same amount of networks, the same amount of cable companies, same amount of same amount of markets and was able to really get good people like Fox has, I could take a lot of ratings away from Fox. But there's been no one's been able to do that. So Fox has really cornered the market on the on the conservative talk. But I still want a show. I think there should be shows. I think Fox should have a, a, a left-wing person. I think MSNBC should have a right-wing person. I think they should have crossfire kind of stuff. I think that would be much more interesting. But we've gotten to the point now where the viewer, the listener, has been so trained to just go to where people agree with them, right? Even SiriusXM, you'll see liberals. I, 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 oh, domestic. Domestic's here. Oh, oh. I'll get to domestic in a second. This is a shock. This is a shock. I can't believe it. Okay, the special guest is coming on. Someone you haven't heard in weeks, if not months, is coming on the show from a very long ways away. This person, I believe, I've lost track of where they are in Europe. I believe they're back in Tel Aviv, Israel, but he'll let us know. Or, 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 yes, well, he'll let us know. Could be in Jerusalem, could be in Poland, could could be in Ukraine. I don't know. We'll find out in a second. Russia. Um, I want to say that we need more of that uh, conversation or discussion or disagreement back again. I think this all is going to, I think the, I think this, the cable news as we see it now and talk radio as we know it now, where it's all one thing, one-sided, where people just go to where people agree with them. Like I said, in Sirius XM, the liberals will go to the left channel, the conservatives will go to the right channel, and they'll all be involved in their own channels. And they never mix, and it's boring. And I think it's going to be going downhill if things don't go back to the way they were. When I was in talk radio in the 90s, when we had real discussion and real arguments, and people tuned in to hear the other side, to scream and yell at their radio, to, to call in and scream and yell at the, at the, at the hosts, and they'd yell back, and there'd be discussions, and be regular callers and listeners the guy I worked for was named Bob Grant. Bob died a few years back, but Bob was huge in, in talk radio in the nineties at WABC. He was WABC. He, he, he was the anchor of the station. He did afternoon drive like three to 6 PM. And I was a studio director. I worked on his show. I took calls from him and got guests on and such. And, uh, we did a promo and the promo was, I love Bob, but I hate Bob. I love Bob, but I hate Bob. And that was the whole point of it. Like Howard Stern, people would listen because they loved them, and people would listen because they wanted to hate them. That's gone. People only listen and watch who they love now. And that's why it's so boring, so monotonous, and the ratings are in the dump. And believe me, I'm predicting over the next five years, they will drop to rock bottom levels unless we get back to the way things were in the good old days. I don't want this to be like, get off my lawn. But they, they were the good old days. 
And there's a reason why that worked and this stuff doesn't. But I wanted this show to be like that. But right now we're going to put someone on because it is, I know he's in Israel. And I think it's like a quarter, I think, where is it? It's a little quarter. I think it's a quarter after nine in the morning right now, if I got it right, 10 hours later. Um, and I know he probably wants to go out because Israel, as he's about to tell you, is hopping, baby. He's sending videos and it's hopping. No masks, fun, people getting out, cafes packed, streets packed. So I know he probably wants to go to some fancy breakfast somewhere. So let's put him on right now. Hey, Domestic, how are you? You got to unmute your mic. It's been a while since you've done this. But if you unmute your mic, you'll come right on. Hold on, let's do this here. Let's do this here. All right, hold on. Can you unmute your mic? It's in the bottom right-hand corner of your screen. There's a little microphone there. In the bottom right-hand corner of your screen, domestic. Maybe he fell asleep. Maybe he was, Well, keep him there. He'll figure it out in a second. Um, but uh, we've had domestic, by the way, goes by the name domestic, lives in... Uh, in <laughs> Daniel's coming on now, too. Maybe we can get them both together. All right, hold on. Let's see. Hold on. Daniel, are you there? Let me get you. Hold on. Let me see. Daniel, are you there? Oh, domestic. Hey, happy 200th. Hey, how's it going? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, I don't have much to say other than congratulations on your 200th uh, podcast and uh, hope to hear many more. And, uh, yeah, just keep up the good work. You have been um, a big contributor to my therapy um, over the last uh, few months. Um, you, you know, you got a show that one can uh, call in and um, not feel like, unlike social media, not feel like you're being censored, um, right. not feel like uh, you have to uh, toe some political correctness line. Um, and uh, I, feel, I feel like I'm on the couch and, and, uh, and speak in my mind. So thank you very much. Well, let me try to get both of you guys on together. Let's see if I can do this. Let's see if he knows how to unmute his mic. I'll, I'll try to. If, okay, hold on a second. Wait a minute. Domestic, are you there? Hello, Domestic, are you there? Let's try this a different way. Let's try this a different way. Let's see if that. Yeah, we go. Let's see if you can unmute your mic now. You'll be able to, to talk. I still see your mic is being muted. He hasn't done this in so long. He was a regular on this podcast for a while. Uh, when mask mandates were still going on here in San Francisco and, and vaccine passports and that whole vaccine passport system and all that stuff. And the way I, uh, I met Domestic is that he actually lives in my building. And my building was... Uh, Hold on. This is this is me talking, trying to. Okay, domestic. Are you there? Let's see if I can get him on once again. Nope. He just okay. He'll figure it out. Maybe it could. It could also be the Wi-Fi in Israel. I understand the Wi-Fi in Israel is is a little sketchy. If that's true or not, I'm not sure. But I made that up anyway. Let's see. Okay. Domestic. I hear you. I think you're there now. Hello. Hello. Nope. It looks like you're there, but I don't hear you. So it might be a, a Wi-Fi issue. But the way we've met, maybe at any moment he'll speak. The way we met is that I used to post my building 
which has, you know, that, what do you call it? It's a HOA. So they have those people who think they're like, you know, the president of the world, the president of their building, and they make all the rules. And so they were following pretty much lockstep with the, uh, with the city. And, uh, and the city would then uh, put up, you know, say, okay, masks are now required. Then masks are, are required only if you're not vaccinated. Then masks are required for the vaccinated and the vaccinated. Now, then this, the masks are required if you're in the gym. Then vaccine passports are required when you're in the gym. So it was all these ridiculous things, as you know how idiotic it was here in California, where things were going back and forth every couple, every month or so. And so my building would keep on putting up different signs, which looked like they cost a lot of money. But I guess the city let them print these signs out. You've seen them on, on doors and windows in shops and restaurants all over the place, in places like California and New York. But the the um, I took a photo once. And I think it was something to do with how they wanted to, they wanted, this was, this is a little small building we live in, but it's, it's, it's a residential building. It's not a major complex. Our gym was a little gym. It's not like this huge 24 hour fitness. Our, just how stupid things were and hopefully won't ever be again here in San Francisco and in California, but in our little gym, they wanted us to have vaccine passports on file. They wanted us to put vaccine passports on file with security to prove we're vaccinated and then security would let us in okay person by person knowing that your vaccination thing is on file when it was a gym where there might be one person working out every three and a half hours the most stupid fucking thing so i took a photo of this and i put it on twitter and he responded and said hey i think you're in my building and that's how we met as odd as it may seem we lived in the same building but we met on twitter all because of these ridiculous, idiotic mandates that the, the building was having. And we got that, by the way, defeated. It never happened. The vaccine passport crap for our little gym never happened. Are we still trying to get you on? Is this going to work? Maybe, maybe not. Let's see. Maybe, maybe not. Let's see if you can come on. It must be a Wi-Fi issue because usually he's... A little more. Usually, this is like something like Biden would do. Biden would have trouble figuring out how to how to speak. He doesn't usually have this kind of trouble. But like I said, he is in Israel right now, so there could be an issue with the connection and the uh, and the Wi-Fi, which would stink. Because I'd like to have him on this two hundredth podcast. But if not, we'll wait till he gets back here, and then we'll have him on, um, hopefully sometime next week. But uh, that's how we met, and that's how I actually met a lot of people, uh, including uh, Daniel, by the way, the caller, Daniel. We met through a group who, you know, wanted to get together because we needed to know there were normal people out there. Okay. We needed to know there were normal people in this world, in this city. And so we developed a small group and we would go to places that weren't, you know, weren't complying. Okay. We went to, we went to places, there were some there were some establishments in San Francisco who decided not to be those Nazi prison guards and not comply. And so we'd meet up there once a week. And that's how we met. That's how, but, he, but he's been sending all these wonderful videos from Israel. No masks, no masks on public transportation, no masks in any of the bars or clubs, nightclubs, packed nightclubs. It looks like not 2019 again, right? It looks like 2019. Where here in California, you still have a good percentage of people wearing them in the streets, a ton of people wearing them indoors. You know, 
it's just absolutely insane. You, you, you even have a few establishments who are still making people wear masks in their establishment, even though the city hasn't required it for months. In fact, there are some establishments where they have people. I know one, we should start really calling out these places because it was one thing when the city was doing it and they said, oh, we have to follow orders, Mon Fuhrer. But now the city hasn't been doing it. In fact, no normal, no city in the world's been doing it for a very long time. But these places are still requiring you. They have someone sitting outside making sure you put a mask on before you go in. We need to start calling out these places. I know of one place that's doing that. And there are many places where there's still, in fact, most of the theater companies here in San Francisco are still requiring masks and also some of them vaccine passports. Yes, yes. September of 2022, and there are still some theater companies here <clears throat> that are requiring masks and vaccine passports to partake, to come in. So I think we might need to, I don't want to do that, um, but we might not need to calling out these, these places by name because really enough's enough. But let's not talk about that negative stuff right now um, because it's our celebration. And hold on, I want to get Daniel back on if I can. Let me see, Daniel. Daniel, you there? If you want to come back on, you can, because I think Domestic is having a, a, a tough time trying to figure it out. So let's see if Daniel wants to come on and talk. If you want to come on and talk, Daniel, you're, you're welcome. You there? Yeah, I am here. I know how to use this think, thing. Do you think it's Domestic's Wi-Fi, or do you think his brain is mush because he goes on vacation so much? Um, I, I, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I think it's the Wi-Fi. Let's uh, <laughs> hope so. I, I've never seen someone take so much vacation. Have you ever he, seen someone take so much vacation? He, he's a smart guy. He knows how to. He knows how to press a button. He, he presses. He presses mine sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Where's the rim shot? I need to get rim shots. <laughs> yeah, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. so wait a minute. But you, you sent me. You sent me a was it is it Rush? Is that the song you sent me? Is it Rush? Yeah, Tom Sawyer. So you think that's a good that's a good opening theme song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got the right <laughs> drive to it, you know, to get things uh rolling and um and and, and then it's um I mean lyrics are always in, uh, up to some interpretation. Uh, even even if you uh, know what the lyricist or even if the lyricist is telling you what they, they meant, they're still Room for interpretation, but it, it, Tom Sawyer, it's it's, it's a uh, it's an interesting song with interesting lyrics, as much of Rush's music has really interesting lyrics, and um, and it's 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 basically about the uh, the, the the common man and uh, and not looking down on the common man because they're 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 a lot more powerful than they think. It's a good. It sounds good too. It has a good. You know, you. I'm. A, I. You know, really, an opening theme song just needs to be a good, like five, ten, fifteen, maybe fifteen seconds at tops. You know, the first, the first ten, fifteen seconds, and it gets you right in. And that song definitely works. So I, I you know, we'll see if maybe other people want to send in. If not, maybe I'll try to use that one if it's legal. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Whatever you do, um, don't use any Abitune. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I was thinking of that. I was I was thinking of 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 doing an ABBA opening. No, no, no. If if you do if you do that, I'm bow, I'm bowing out. <laughs> That's what I was afraid of. I can't I can't I can't lose my most loyal listener by 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 using an by using an ABBA tune. You know, 
but you know, you don't think you don't think like the winner takes it all is a great uh, a, a great uh, opening. The winner takes it all, takes it. No, you don't think so. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that I can only name uh, um, the title of one Abbott tune, as far as I remember, which is that yeah. uh, Dancing Queen. So, 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 please, please don't, don't, uh, yeah. don't inoculate me uh, at all. <laughs> how about how about how about something by Queen? You like Queen, right? Yeah, yeah, Queen was a great band. Queen's been an awesome band. I'm trying to think of something that would be fitting for for your show. Um, Not we are the champions. You don't think that would work? Yeah, that's a little stale. Um, it is. That's true. You're right. It is stale. It, 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 it's way overdone at sporting events and things like right, that. Right, right. Used, it used to be, at least. Right. Um, Tom, Tom Sawyer, on the other hand, uh, it, it, it never had that kind of uh, of uh, public presence. Um, and th- there's right. there's so many great songs for you to choose from, and, and none of them came from the last 10 years, probably. <laughs> Yeah, but the Rush one, I think, is a great idea. I, I, w- I would use the Rush one. I think, I think that, I mean, that that would be the leading candidate right now, unless other people send in something that's better. But the Rush show, you know, my, my old boss, who I, who I talked about, Bob Grant, who I worked for at the BBC, had, I think, what was the greatest. I can't use this because it, it would really be a ripoff. Um, but I want to use it. It's the, the Rocky theme to open his show. I mean, it was, yeah. That's that's been way way that's been way 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 overdone. Um, <laughs> well, it hasn't yeah. really been used. You know, you don't see it used much with with like talk shows, but they obviously it's been used everywhere. The Rocky theme, the Eye of the no, that's the that's another, Eye of the Tiger is a good one. That's another Rocky song, right? Eye of the Tiger is the thrill of the fight. Rising. Yeah, if you wanted yeah. to do a par- if you wanted to do a parody show, then you could lead with either one of those two. <laughs> yeah, but I, I guess I really can't. You know, I, I have to really come up with something more, you know, unique, something different. So yeah, maybe maybe the Rush song. You know, that's that's possible. Hey, you might even come up with more ideas. Maybe you have some other ideas. You know, but oh yeah, I'll I'll, I'll put my noggin to it. Yeah, I'll come up with something. Yeah. Uh, but that, you, but uh, you know, I'm thinking about um, the, the the copyright and uh, and legal issues, and um, yeah, I, I don't I don't know what those those issues are exactly. I don't know if it, there's something that's called fair use, I right? Know about, about that, but that usually that usually means that you could if you're using something like a, a piece of music for education purposes, for example, you're analyzing the music in some ways with with music students. Um, right. Then you can take pieces of that, and you can, you know, you can play it, and you can analyze it, and you can do it on your show. But you can't. And then there's the uh, sampling issue that um, you know rappers have have sampled songs, and apparently they can get away with that. I don't understand how they get away with that. It can't be part of fair use. You know what so, the 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 only thing that the only they don't really get that upset. Here, here's the thing. They usually get upset when someone uses a song and they don't like the person's politics. That's the problem. That, but usually that person has to be someone like, you know, on the level of like Joe Rogan or Rush Limbaugh. You know, it's got to be someone really, really popular, you know, who, who, who a lot of people hate. I don't think they would I, – I don't think they'd even notice that I'm doing it. Well, well Limbaugh used, used a Pretenders Ohio tune forever. He used that, that, that song forever, and apparently Chrissy Hine didn't like him using the uh, – the song, um, whether that, um, whether they, they licensed using that tune to a, a third party that didn't involve Chrissy directly. In other words, Chrissy says, yes, you can license my song. And then once it, once she's contracted with these licensors, 
um, then she really can't stop anyone who wants to license the song, who, who wants to purchase the license. So I don't have, have any idea what happened there, except for I knew that Christy Hines was upset that the um, that Ohio was being used as the intro song, the theme song for a Limbaugh's show for a long time. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, but these people, it's amazing. You, you write a song or you're a performer, you're really... You know, as long, as long as someone, you know, pays the union stuff, the ASCAP, BMI stuff, you can't, it's ridiculous. Your song is going to appeal to a lot of different people. Your song is going to appeal to people on the left, on the right, in the middle. It's so stupid to be upset when someone who doesn't have your political point of view uses your song. In fact, it's kind of, if anyone uses your song, to me, that's a compliment. They like your song. They like your song enough to use it, you know, especially someone who's popular. So it, it's so stupid to think, no, no one's going to think, no one, of course, who has any common sense or brain is going to think, well, that group must agree with this person. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah, especially the case with music. I mean, musicians like to talk about music is kind of a universal language and it bridges gaps. I mean, that's something that they speak of often. So here's your opportunity to bridge a gap with something that you've created. And what you want to you, you, you want to deny somebody the, the, the fair use of that or, or, or use of it? That's that's. It's, it seems to be contrary to the uh, to the reason that they, they they wrote the music in the first place. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, so it, it's it's I don't know. To, to me, it's like I don't. I wouldn't even think the problem is obviously that not 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 all of musicians musicians aren't as bad as as uh, as actors go. But a lot of the people who are in arts are going to be on the left. That's the people they grew up around. That's the way it goes, right? So let's say I'd say eighty five, ninety percent of people in arts are going to be on the left. So, I mean, it's a, what, is, what, what are we going to have? We're going to have like a database of like conservative artists that we can use. I mean, it's just silly. After all, it's ridiculous. It really is, you know. So, someone's going to be upset about the whole thing, you know. And to me, if I wrote a song and someone's using it, I'm going to be honored that they're using it. That they like my song enough to use it, you know. But like I said, the problem with Hollywood is they're so far left that they take up these ridiculous stances. That don't, oh, don't you? I'm not going to let them. That idiot Neil Young, remember with Spotify? I'm going to take all of my songs off Spotify, right? I'm, I'm going to take a stand. I'm going to take all of my songs. Like, they're going to give a shit that Neil Young is taking his, his, his songs off when the rating, look at the ratings Joe Rogan gets, right? But it's idiotic. Yeah. It's, all, it's all this, you know, we've talked about this before. You only made it's, all this, it's all this virtue signaling. Yeah. It's virtue signaling. You know, I'm going to be... Wonder- wonder how long ago uh, Neil Young ran back to Spotify. <laughs> they, they probably kept that quiet. They, they pumped up when he left, but I, I bet you he is linked back onto Spotify. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's, no, there's no doubt about it. You know, so I, I don't know. I think it, it's getting to the point now where, you know, you can, you, you can probably – you could you could probably have some kind of like real I don't mind real protests. You know, in the sixties we saw real protesting, right? And real, real protesting. Nowadays it's all this ridiculous from your couch virtue signaling crap. You know, that's basically what it is now. That's most of the protests now. Like, oh, from a, from my couch I'm going to really put on a big protest here with my cookies and milk. I mean, this is the kind of protesting we get now. So, and then when they do go out and do something, they burn cities down, right? <laughs> they go out, they go out, they go out and they burn cities down. Or they drive cars into crowds. So I, 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 we've really gotten to the point now, and this goes back to what I was saying at the beginning of the show, where we can't deal with any kind of 
real debate anymore or, or disagreement. And, and it's kind of, it's really, really sad. It's really, really sad. Like I said, as someone who, who had lived through a time when people loved debate and they loved the, the thrust and parry of, of a debate and conversation and disagreement, we've now gotten to a time where it's just not allowed anymore. It's just not, and, and, and this is, you know, I talked about this going back to when I was working on the Bernie Sanders campaign, and it was like, I could actually have a real discussion with Trump voters, with Trump supporters. I could have a real discussion with them about things, and they wouldn't say, you're canceled, or I don't want to talk to you. Or the, but if you had any conversation with Democrats that was not totally, oh, I love Hillary or I love Biden, you were totally canceled, eliminated, and, can- and, and they didn't want to hear a word from you. You couldn't talk to them. And that's when I started to realize, hmm, there's, there's a real difference these days between the left and the right when it comes to disagreement. When it comes to have the ability to disagree with someone and argue with someone, you know? And that, that yeah. seems to be, that, that for some reason, that seems to be the case now. Does it seems to be through it seems to be occurring through all our society. Um, people seem to have a, a hard time listening to somebody who has strong opinion or even angry. Um, they, it's, it's kind of a, a lack of robustness of one's personality when they can't when you can't deal with somebody that's stating something strongly or or even angrily. Um, some of the, some of the best friends that I have are people that I can get into really strong arguments with. And then at the end of it, you know, your friendship doesn't change one bit. And it's, it's in other words, it's a robust relationship. It can take it, you you can stretch it and bend it and twist it in all kinds of different ways. And it still survives. That's those are, those are good relationships. Instead, we're so adverse to um, controversy these days. And, and it's easy to be adverse to it, and it's easy to find a home in, in places where, where um, that, that um, uh, um, what should I say, that, that adversity uh, or, or that um, predisposition to, to avoiding that, uh, that anger and uh, um, disagreement. It's easy to find a home because of what you were saying before. I mean, you hit it right, right on, on, on the head there. Um, we have... We have news media and and that is siloed and people have friends that are siloed and you only speak to these people and you only list participate and listen to and consume this media in your, in your little silo because you can. We didn't used to have that type of media. We didn't used to have that type of community. You used to have to tolerate in the media and in your community people that had widely different political views. And it made far more robust relationships. Now, relationships are very brittle. I have heard from so many people during the COVID era that relationships dissolved because they simply disagreed about masks or lockdown or these coerced vaccinations. And these, these relationships would just totally dissolve. But these the other friends I've had for two years, which who I could argue with and they would could argue with me intensely, um, we could disagree on these things. And those relationships that I've had with these people still survive. And it's interesting to see um, how they come around to uh, at the very beginning of the COVID stuff, 
I named, I gave them four basic principles about what was going on with the COVID hysteria. And, um, and, I, and I just said, at some point, you were going to agree with me on all four of these. And they would argue, you know, fervently at first. And then gradually, they've been coming around and saying, you're right on number one. Yep, you're right on number two now. Yep, you're right, you know. And it's, it's been, it's been interesting and rewarding to, to, to have these type of relationships that can survive this type of, you know, really heated discussion. And, and you see people learn, learn from each other. I mean, I have learned from them in the past and they have learned from me, especially over the last two years. And, you know, th- those are rewarding relationships. You know, getting in an echo chamber in, a, you know, your own little siloed um, universe is, is, isn't very rewarding for anybody. It doesn't stretch any boundaries. It doesn't cause you to look at the world in a different way. And not a, that's not a very, um, it's not a very lifelike life. It's not. It's not at all. And it's, it's very boring. Like I said, this has gotten very boring to me, this whole idea of, of just watching people or listening to people who agree with you. And I don't, and I don't understand how people do it every day. I don't, I, it gets so dull. It really does get so dull. I don't understand how people can do it. You know, it's so much more exciting when you're listening to people who debate and disagree and argue and, it's 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 much more enlightening, and and this is like I, I don't know how we've gotten here. Totally, I think I came up with a couple of you know possibilities of how we've gotten here, but I don't know how we get out of it right now. But I think people get, get just so bored with people just agreeing with their point of view all the time that it'll just it'll just take on this natural course, I think, and hopefully we'll get back to the way things used to be. Now, Daniel, something I want to bring up with you. Do you know that uh, what happened today in New York City, where they've uh, eliminated mask mandates from public transportation, finally in September, post Labor Day, twenty twenty two? Now this is really interesting, Daniel, because we're heading into flu season, right? So now we're like at the apex now, right, of like COVID pox, monkeypox, COVID flu, right? So we're going into flu season now. It's just about to start. Yet now is when New York City decides. <laughs> To no longer have mask mandates. And, of course, once again, showing this has never been about science or health or any kind of common sense or logic. It's all about politics. And people are just getting tired of this crap. So when I was in New York, masks were mandated on subways. And they have these signs. They have these cute little cartoonish signs, you know, with the cartoon faces. And they would have masks are mandated. You must wear your mask. Otherwise, you go to jail. And they would have, you know, a little photo of a man and he'd be wearing his mask perfectly over his mouth and his and his nose and it would put yes next to it. And then they'd have a photo under it of his of a man wearing a mask below his nose. And they'd put no. And then below that, they'd have a photo of a person wearing a mask just over their nose, but not their mouth. And they would put no. And then okay. they'd have one with no one with a, with someone wearing no mask at all, and it would say me underneath. <laughs> yeah, yeah. they'd have that photo, and they'd say no. So now, now masks are encouraged but optional. And now they put up new signs today. <laughs> someone posted on Twitter of the MTA, and it says masks are encouraged but optional. Let's respect other each other's choices daniel can you take this now they're finally saying let's respect each other's choices why why is it why all of a sudden now 
do we respect each other's choices? But for the past two and a half years, you don't respect each other's choices and you condemn and you fine people who didn't wear masks. Well, it, there, there's absolutely no logic in the Democrat brain whatsoever. None. Yeah. People have become saturated with fear so that the, these symbols of fear no longer have the, have the effect that they once had. Um, Reach the right. saturation so, point. But that's and, so, it's so idiotic. It's like, let's respect each other's choices. So they use, let's respect each other's choices. But just starting today, before today, okay. we didn't have to respect people who didn't want to wear a mask. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. When, when, they were, when, when they were hounding me back in, in 2020 when I wanted to go to Safeway um, and uh, didn't want to wear a mask, um, and I got mobbed by over a dozen people, and, and, and the cashier wouldn't check me out. Um, yeah, they were all about respecting uh, um, my wishes, weren't they? And making yeah, it, that, that, it was yeah. entirely optional, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So now New York City put that sign, in, and it's a photo of a guy with a mask over his face, perfectly nose and mouth, says yes. There's a photo. Then the, the drawing under him is a man with a mask under his nose that says yes. And then there's underneath that there's a a drawing of a guy. And of course, his mask is just over his nose, and that's it. And it says, "You do you." And then there's a photo, of the, the drawing of a guy with no mask, and it says, "Yes." You know, oh, it's so yeah. funny. It's so funny how they try to do this comical, cartoonish um, riff on a mental disorder, on on yeah. obsessive compulsive disorder and hypochondria. It's so funny, isn't it? Isn't it hilarious? Yeah, and, and you know, in front of when when it started, they were extremely, extremely intolerant of, of people that didn't wear masks. And, and now, when it's obvious that nobody should be wearing a mask, that um, and and obvious that no one should have ever worn a mask, now they want tolerance. No, I'm not going to be tolerant. I am. Ne- it, it, this isn't about you doing you and me doing me. This is about them, the mask wearers, spreading fear and hysteria and neuroses by wearing that mask. And I, who, who have a, the power of freedom of speech in this country, can say whatever I want about that. I can be as intolerant as I want about that. That is my freedom in this country. And I will be as intolerant about that because you should be intolerant about this because no good comes of wearing the mask. It is only hysteria, only ignorance and fear were promoted by these masks all along. No one, nobody should be tolerant of this. Well, and, and I, want, I want people to understand this. And this is, once again, I need people to understand this about November. Kathy Hochul is doing this now because Lee Zeldin, her Republican opponent, is within striking distance in, in polls. OK, so this is why she's doing this exactly 60 days before an election, because a Republican opponent is within striking distance of her. Now, people need to understand, if Democrats like Kathy Hochul win in November, they will bring back these mandates for the winter. They will absolutely feel emboldened by winning the election. They will not have to worry about another election for themselves, and they will bring these back. Kathy Hochul is doing this now because she has an election in two months. Her Republican challenger in New York State is on her ass, and she wants to win. And if she wins, she'll bring these back because she won't have to worry about this for another four years. People need to understand that. And this is all over this country. If you elect Democrats, you will embolden them to do these things all over again because they don't have to worry about getting elected for another four years. So, and if you're in the Senate, six years. 
This is why this election is so important. Governor four, Senate six, Congress two years. Democrats, if they win, that will be like the public telling them, bring back those mandates. We love them. Yeah. Why do they, why do they love them? I mean, we, we've talked before about um, every uh, of the four pandemics that have been declared over the last approximately 100 years of, of the viral respiratory type. Um, um, the, those four lasted worldwide in some place between 18 and 26 months. And they're all they're all you know within that time frame. Here we are at this point. Like, what, where are we at? Someplace around 32 months or so into this, into this. It was over long ago. It became endemic long ago. And it became something barely different from the common cold long ago. And the fact that anyone would want to bring this back, given the destruction it has done to our society, given the destruction that has done to our economy, the, the destruction that has done to our children's education, what what possesses a person? What is going on in one of these people's minds that wants to bring this back? Do they think that they are garnering some sort of political power from this? Um, is it because it's become a political symbol? It's kind of a lawn sign on your face now. Is is that it? Do they want everybody to wear the force people to by you know and humiliate them by forcing them to wear somebody else's political symbol? You know. It's it's like it's like saying you know yeah you you, you know you, you you're a Republican but you got to put a Democrat's lawn sign on your front yard you know and, and we're we're mandating that you know this this is what possesses these people to want to, to keep doing this nonsense? Well, it, it, it's it's power. It's power. Is it's it power absolutely. or is it just sheer? Is part of it sheer ignorance? Do they really not understand that these masks do absolutely nothing? Or, or do they, or are they just so in love with their virtue signaling and feeling like it make it separates them in some way from every other human being and puts them on a different tier of humanity? You know, what, what, what is going on in these people's brains? You'd have to sit down and, and, and analyze these people on a couch for months on end until you finally got to the truth with what is, you know, motivating these people to continue on with this absolute, you know, idiocy. Well, absolutely. Exactly. You know, exactly. You know, but I I think I think the point is that when they were saying all these you and I know this, but I want to reiterate it when they've been saying for the last two years, two and a half years, it's about we're following science, we're following medicine, we're following the CDC, we're following. It's not. They follow the political science and the political science now says two months out from midterms when your ass is up for reelection that we don't need these things anymore. That's what the political science, but political science will tell them if they win to do it again. Look, it's just, it's simply once they've served notice, people should understand what the deal is. So as I've said before, if you are voting for Democrats on November 8th, you are saying you want all this stuff brought back. Understand that. It's going to happen. If you don't want this stuff brought back, if you want to remain the way things are now, getting back to normal, then you have to vote for Republicans. And so understand that and don't cry about it after. Yeah, they, they, they were never following the science. They were stalking the science. That's exactly right. That's it. And now, of course, which I'll, I'll talk more about tomorrow, but now they're pushing 
booster number three, shot number five, right? And in fact, in Santa Clara County, they're starting to already give it, right? Santa Clara County in California, San Jose, is now starting to give the shot out. They're starting to put these needles in people's arms. Shot booster number three, shot number five, having been tested on eight mice. Blind or not, I don't know, but they were tested on eight mice. And, have they, and has anybody, has Walensky get, can't come out and told people why they need uh, a vaccine for what has become one of the 200 plus vac- uh, viruses that cause uh, common cold symptoms? Did you notice, did you see Biden's, Biden's uh, health guy, one of, his, one of his health people say that, that he believes that God gave us two arms, one for the flu shot, one for the COVID shot? Yeah, I'd like to punch him in one. That's exactly what he said. Are these people insane? Are these people insane? Even trying to be funny, that's not funny. No, it, it, it's not funny. Um, it, it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's just sad. It's just sad that it, that it is come to the point where public health has become so politicized that you really can't trust anything, not a single thing. By the time we got to the, the, the monkeypox scare, um, our, we were so saturated, people were so saturated in this country with hysteria that they just said, oh, not another bat, and they just blew it off. Yeah, well, what, happened to, what happened to monkeypox? Where'd it go? Yeah. And, and just think, just think if there was a real pandemic that, that came up within two years, what do you think is going to happen? Most people are going to say, yeah, yeah, right. Sure. Yeah. It's, you know, boy cried wolf sort of story. And, and they did, you know, they did science is such a disservice by, by hyping this thing up and not just with respect to public health, but with respect to medicine in general and with respect to science in general. You know how it's going to be really, really difficult to get people to go along with correcting major problems that we have in this world, whose solutions are technological and science-based. It's going to be really difficult to convince people that they need to go along with solutions to various problems of that type when they have done so much damage to the reputation of science. Right. And just yesterday, just yesterday, still, because there's no fight back, because there's no, there's no, the party in Congress, the party in control of Congress, the man in the White House, there's no pushback to Big Pharma, just sucking up to Big Pharma and helping with their profits. But just yesterday, Big Pharma puts out this stupid ad saying, COVID, COVID starts out weak and comes on strong. Watch out. What comes on, oh, no, this, no, sorry, mild to wild. They, they rhymed. They said, what COVID starts out mild can become wild. Get tested. Even slight symptoms. Get tested. No symptoms. Get tested. Why are they want to? I thought we were going to stop testing. Yeah, why, it, they, it, why do they want us testing? I wonder, is anyone making money off that? Come on. It, of course. Yeah. If, 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 you're eight, if you're 85, you've got hypertension and diabetes, then it can go from mild to wild. But hey, you would have died from the common cold as well. And that is what most people, um, this virus has become, has become a little more in the common cold. As, as you know, I've gone entirely maskless, except for when I'm having to visit uh, um, my, my physician for annual checkup. 
um, and entirely unvaxxed with respect to SARS-CoV-2 um, and didn't change my behaviors one single bit. And I haven't had so much as a sniffle over the last two and a half years. I'm sure that I've, I've had the exposure to, to SARS-CoV-2 a bazillion times. And my innate immune system and probably my adaptive immune system has taken care of it so nicely that I just never even noticed. And that is what every single healthy person in this country's experience should be expected to be. This is this virus, and we all know this is just the mortality rate is so age stratified. You know, we're talking a factor of 10,000 when going from, you know, people less than 10 to people over 80. You know, in fact, at least 10,000 different difference in risk. And, and and yet we had the news media treating that, you know, telling us that 12 year olds should be treated no differently than the 75 year old when it comes to these vaccines. Right. You know, exactly. This, yeah. Yeah. This is so far into into crazy, crazy talk. This is so far. They've done so much freaking damage to science. And, Wait a minute. And, so and much do you see, damage to, do you so see much with damage that, the media? Yeah, I don't mean to interrupt, interrupt you, but interrupt you. But did you see with this what they're promising? Now remember, they promised if you took Biden said last year, a year ago, if you take these vaccines, you ain't getting COVID, right? So they promised that. Now they're saying, okay, they're saying this new special vaccine, which was tested on eight mice, offers protection against two subvariants of the Omicron variant as well as the original strain. Wait a minute. This one protects you from the original strain and the extra crispy strain. Can you believe these people? Are they? These people are absolutely soulless. Yep. And when it when it comes to the newer Babies. strains, there's 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 a um, it's good, very 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 good chance that when it comes to these newer strains, that these vaccines to the newer strains will not protect you any more than the original vaccine. And the reason this is, and people have talked about this from the very beginning, and this is one of the many reasons. Why I've always said that vaccine, vaccines are for endemic disease, not pandemic disease. The reason is, is, is something that is commonly referred to as original antigenic sin. And for, for those of you out there that don't know what this is, you know, just, just Google it. Look at the Wikipedia page. Um, what, what, what often happens is if you create a vaccine, um, when, when, the, um, when variants come, come along, and you try to, to try to keep up with creating new vaccines to, to that, it, it simply doesn't work. The respond, it responds the, as though it's your immune system responds as, as though it is always being presented with that original antigen, that original virus. It responds no differently when a new vi- virus comes along. And, and so they've done, so it does a lot of damage vaccinating too early in a pandemic. It does a lot of damage vaccinated before it becomes endemic. When there is more, when, when, the, um, when, when the genome of, of the virus and the various proteins that it expresses on its capsule, if it has a capsule, um, so, some RNA viruses don't and, and DNA viruses usually do. Um, it, it, that's you know, when, when those antigens change, um, so rapidly, you don't want to be pushing vaccines at that point. And there's a lot of reasons for that. And but that's what they did. And they did that to sell to sell product. And they, they promoted these masks to sell product to, to, to instill fear. And they did lockdown to instill fear. 
and Fauci had, there was an email and I was trying to find it today, but there was an email from Fauci when talking to others in the public health sector and saying that he didn't think people were sufficiently fearful of, of SARS-CoV-2. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what the masks were about. That's what lockdown was about. It was about making people more fearful because they wanted to push these shitty vaccines on everybody. And who knows if they, I mean, so many of us out there um, in the sciences, sciences, especially biological sciences, were predicting that these vaccines would behave just about as they are behaving. Um, don't stop transmission and infection. And at best might prevent severe disease because because that is the only thing that these these were trialed for. They weren't trialed for preventing death. They weren't trialed for presenting infection or transmission. It was only trialed for preventing severe disease. So that's all we learned from the trials that were done on these and their limited phase through testing. And so that is the most we could have expected. And because of the way the MRI viruses work and they only uh, um, uh, target a very, very small antigen, the S protein only in this case, everyone was saying, oh, that's not going to be re very robust. <laughs> You're not going to have a lot of room for cross-reactivity there when you start getting, you know, a little bit of antigenic difference in that uh, S protein. You know, this this is a prescription for disaster especially when original antigenic sin come, kicks in and then you're not going to be able to do anything with updated viral, updated vaccines. It, it's, it was just, it was, it was a total clusterfuck. Absolutely. They, this, this science, this isn't new science when it comes to immunology. This isn't new science when it comes to vaccination. And, and it's just, this, this is stuff that was very, very well known. And you had people like Peter McCullough and many others now, Dr. McCullough, it was we're talking about this from from the very beginning. Well, um, look, the fact the fact of the matter is is that people who have been hooked into <laughs> people who have been hooked into this are going to keep on believing it. And I've discussed this before. People have been too invested in this for too long, too much time, right? And people who have gotten the four now, what four, you know, shots. It's they've invested too much into it now. That's the problem. They've invested too much into it, and they cannot admit they were played. They cannot admit they were hoodwinked. They can't admit that. So this is just more people. I think a lot of people are just going to stop getting them now. But there are plenty of people, like you said, who have gotten them all. Will continue to get them, and we'll get that yearly one that Fauci wants now. The yearly one, one arm for flu, one arm for COVID, and they'll continue doing this until the day they die, and that's it. People are. They, that's it. The line has been drawn in the sand, and these people are never, ever going to admit they were wrong. They never were going to admit they were fooled. And that's one can only hope that that's the worst of it for them, that being wrong is the worst of it, and that these constant, constant toxicities into their systems aren't going to do them real damage. Yep, yep. We... we, we um just have no idea what the long-term consequences of this new type of, of vaccine is. Not at all. Just simply don't know. Yeah. Um, when, let's see. They came out in January of, uh, what was it, 2021. And so usually you would have phase three trials that lasted somewhere in, on a product like this, four to five years, and we're, we're barely over a year. And um, so, yeah, we have such limited such, such limited experience with this, um, especially 
such limited experience with with giving a vaccine so many times in such a short period, the immune system is very, very strange, very fickle, and reacts in in kind of almost counterintuitive ways. I mean, according to previous experiments, experience um, that is, you you may think that you know the, the the immune system and how it reacts to antigens. And, and, and in the case of one antigen and at one particular dose, but you change those things even slightly and it can just really change the immune response. Totally. And, absolutely. Yeah. And, D- D- Dan- Daniel, thanks for the call and thanks for being there. You were here since the beginning. I, 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 won't, I won't forget that. Yeah. Well, thank yeah. you. Thank you for being my did you get Did you get my $5 Venmo? Did you get the $5? No? Okay. <laughs> 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 Thank Thanks. you. Good night. Right. Oh my God. Well, I just wanted to. I, want, I did want to mention because I I, I I promised mentioning Newsom, and I can't go one show without mentioning how much I hate him. But um, uh, Gavin Newsom, you know, people here in California, these these uh, ignorant Democrats. Um, you know what I usually call them, but it's my two hundredth podcast celebration, so I won't call them what I usually. I'll be nice for this one show. But these ignorant Democrats, they see Gavin Newsom putting out these videos, right? He put out all of his, he did all of his press, not even press conferences, he did his videos, his stand-ups during COVID, giving his COVID update and response. And then he did it again for the California heat wave. You know, he does these videos on, and he puts them on social media, talking about putting your air conditioning up to 78, put, put your air conditioning up to 78, you know, uh, make sure you, you have, have from four to nine p.m. You have to sweat it out. You have to do. And he used that same line. He uses the same line he used during COVID. You have to do your part. He used the same fucking line during COVID. We all have to do our part. You have to. Do, he meant, of course, everyone but him. So it's really do your part, not do our part. You know, he went to the French Laundry and he's in air conditioning. So he said, you all have to do your part. He did the same thing. And he said, just for the next few days, remember, he said that originally for COVID, too, just for 15 days. I remember one of the first <coughs> speeches he gave during COVID in March of 2020 was, this is just a moment in time. All right. This is not nor new normal. This is a mo. He called it a moment in time. Okay. And now he's using the same phony jargon here, only for the next few days, well, until the next heat wave a week from now, right? And people here, these, these ignorant Democrats, look at him and they go, look how proactive he's being. Oh, oh my God, he's so, our governor is so into it. He's so proactive. He's so there. He's so there. Not realizing for one second there's a reason why Ron DeSantis doesn't have to do these kinds of videos. Because he's competent. And his state is not a dumpster fire of a state. That's why Ron DeSantis has to put out videos talking about flattening the curve, closing your businesses, all right? Putting your air conditioning up to 78. He doesn't have to talk about those things. And he's in a state where it's constantly hot, where 21 million people run their air conditioning nonstop, basically 24-7, 365. Yet this fool, this fool runs a state that can't deal with a four-day heat wave in the month where it always gets hot here. It's like this is happening in December or April. It's happening in September, the hottest month every fucking year in California. Every year throughout the state. And he can't deal with it. And the state can't handle it. 
And yet they say, oh, God, look how proactive he is. He puts out his video telling us what to do. Oh, he's it's idiotic. It's pathetic. It's pathetic that he has to constantly do these videos, that he constantly does them and tells you what you need to do, how to be good little boys and girls. Well, they don't got to do it in Arizona. They don't do it in Texas. They don't do it in Georgia. They don't do it in Florida because they don't have to because they have competent governors that don't run states that are dumpster fires. Okay? But not for a minute would these ignorant liberals even think about this. Not for a minute would they even think about this. Drives me crazy. And then they bring up Texas. They go, oh, Texas with their, their Texas. No, no, they lost their, they lost the heat for a week. Well, yes, because it was like a one in a hundred year thing. Texas doesn't expect it to be below freezing for two weeks throughout the entire state. That's actually rare. You see, if this was a rare occurrence in California, I'd, ha- I'd give them a little more slack. If it was a one in a hundred ta- thing, hundred year thing, I'd give them a little more slack. It's not. It's an every fucking year thing. Several times every fucking year. Okay? Texas doesn't deal with cold snaps of 25 degrees two weeks every year. It's happened once. It was like once in a hundred years it happened. So yes, they were a little off guard. They shouldn't have been. Okay? It was wrong what happened. But how can you compare that to what Gavin Newsom is doing now during a heat wave. You can't compare something that's a one in a hundred year event, phenomena, to something that happens several times a year, every year, in the same month. Where's the common sense with these people? They have none. Their cognitive dissonance, their, their TDS is so strong. They can't, they can't think straight for a second. They love comparing apples to grapes and oranges to bananas. Because they're morons. See, I said I was going to be nice. On my 200th show, show celebration. But it's hard. It's very hard for me to be nice once I start thinking about them. It really is. It really is. I mean, you have Florida with year-round hot, humid weather. And they can handle their power grid. Arizona with four to five months of 105, maybe 115. And they can handle their power grid. But Gavin still wants you to believe it's your fault if there are power outages during a four-day heat wave. Your fault if you lose power in the next four days. Your fault. Not his fault. Well, it is your fault for living here. It's my fault for living here. I got to get out of here. This is a nut house run by a total imbecile. sociopath, dangerous person who's an imbecile but thinks he's a genius. A total idiot who thinks he's on the vanguard of climate change, of of Green New Deal. He's on the vanguard, a vanguard of saving the climate. He's a maverick of saving our climate. A guy whose power grid can't handle four days of a heat wave but wants you to get all electric cars over the next 10 years. All electric cars over the next 10 years, but they can't handle a four-day heat wave now when about 2% of the people, understand this, about 2% of the people have electric cars now. So California can't handle a heat wave 
for four days with 2% of the people having electric cars, how are they going to handle 100% electric cars 10 years from now? How are they going to handle a three-day heat wave with 100% of the people having electric cars just 10 years from right now? How? Are they building this science fiction power grid? Where's the power coming from? The power's coming from sources that the Democrats want gone. These people are just absolutely insane. Once again, they like saying things that, in can I say in principle, in the abstract, sound good and feel good, but have no logic or common sense or evidence or facts or science or math on the side at all. No footing in reality whatsoever. That's what that whole party has become. That's why they must go. As I've said a million times, as Bill Maher said, lifelong Democrat, older than I am, Democrat longer than I am, they don't have common sense. They're the party of zero common sense. The party of no common sense. And all they do is is second each other's thoughts. Like I said, watching MSNBC. They second each other. They don't think about the idea for a second, like I just did. You can't handle a power grid now with 2%. How are you going to handle it with 100%? They don't think about that. It takes five seconds to think about that. I'm no fucking genius. But they won't even criticize their own cult. They, their cult is the cult. They're always right. They can't be criticized. There's no common sense. There's no logic. It doesn't matter. The cult says, goes. What the cult says, goes. Not one second to think about what they're saying and see if it makes any logic or sense whatsoever. Well. So, we'll talk more about that stuff tomorrow. But, but once again, I want to say that it's show number 200. What have I learned? I'm trying to think of something I may have learned. What have I learned over the last 200 shows? I've learned. Oh, you know I've learned? Not to curse as much. I have to thank Daniel for that. Because actually, you know, people who just started listening over the last couple of months, like this guy curses a lot, but I curse a lot more at the beginning. I think I curse less now. I think I curse less now. So I think I learned that. I've grown in that way. Um, even though I love cursing. <laughs> I'm from New York. I'm from Brooklyn. You know, you have to, you have to at least let me have that. But um, I don't know. I, I, I'm trying... I'm trying to learn not to despise the other side so much, but it's so hard. They make it hard for me to do that. Maybe by my 400th podcast, <laughs> I'll be able to do that. But so far, it's been it's been very it's been very very difficult. It really has. But uh, but it's been fun. It's been a fun 200 shows. Uh, I'm glad I made it this far. And with your help, we'll keep going. We'll keep going. You know. It's going to get very exciting these next two months now. We're past Labor Day. The election's only 60 days away. So think about how exciting it's going to be between now and November 8th. Really will be. And I hope you'll be there along with me. Anyway, that's our 200th podcast show, our 200th podcast celebration. The name of the show is, and let's be heard, I'm Mike Kachopoli. And remember, always remember, vote Democrats out of office. Vote them out now. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you right back here tomorrow night, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. See you then.